Good morning. So glad that you're here today. Thank you for being a part of our service at Lake Point Church. And some of you, this might be your first time with us. Thank you for coming. And um, my name is Pastor Scott, and I'm honored that you're here to worship with us and uh, to worship Jesus Christ and to celebrate what God is doing here. And um, if, if this is your first time, uh, if you missed it already, we, we talk about a connection card. And that card is found in your program. Hopefully you've got a program when you walk in. It looks like this. And inside there's a card that looks like this. And you take a minute, fill it out. And at the end of our service here in a few minutes, we'll have an offering time. And what's it that that you drop that card in the offering basket. And uh, we are glad that you're here today to worship with us. And um, one quick thing I want to do, um, and... You know, one of the things that we should do here at Lake Point is have time to prayers, and we're going to have a couple of times to prayers today, and uh, specifically one for my friend Chris Biddle. Many of you know Chris, he's the guy who's always handing out the program as you walk in, and um, he's in his mid-30s. He rides his bike to church, and, and then he brought his mom and dad to church. Now, they don't ride their bike. They they drive here, but Chris still drives his bike here. He's not far. He lives in the neighborhood. He's been coming here, I don't know, four or five years. And, and, um, and I get a message yesterday that he's been sent to the hospital, hospital with a blood clot in his leg. And um, it was at Henry Ford at 19 Mile, and then overnight it got worse. And he was sent to Henry Ford downtown, and he's um, facing septic. You know, in very, very critical condition. So pray for Chris. If we will, let's pray for my friend. And I know many of you know who he is. He's one of our faithful volunteers. And, um, and, and so if you mind, why don't you just take a minute, let's pray for him. Our Heavenly Father, we love you, and we thank you for being the God of all mercies and the God of all comfort. We pray you be with the Biddle family. We have to be with Chris. God, we pray for the doctors and the nurses to figure out what's going on. I pray that they can clear out their uh, the, the infection and the septic and his blood. God, we just pray that this situation will resolve itself here in the next few days. And so be in prayer for them. God, I pray for them. Be with the Biddles and help them today. In your name I pray. Amen. And, you know, we're in this series called This Is Us. And this is what we're supposed to do, right? We're supposed to care for each other, to pray for each other, to carry each other's burden. That's who we are as a church. And, uh, and that's what we've been talking about the last few weeks. We've been talking about this series, This Is Us. We've been talking about the church. The very first week, we talk about what the church was in general. We talk about it 2,000 years ago and how it formed, how Jesus Christ established the church. And we talk about how we at Lake Point Church is a part of the movement that Jesus started 2,000 years ago. And so we talk about who we are, and we talk about why the church exists. We, we exist to reach people and to help people take their next step with God. That's our mission statement. That's, that's what God has called us to do, to help people find their next step in their walk with God. Whether they need to become a new believer, we have different stepping points, or become a follower of Christ, get baptized, you know, get in a daily encounter with Jesus. We want to help people take a step in becoming members of the church, you know, join a life group, which, by the way, life groups start this week. It happens starting tonight. We have our very first group 
kicking off tonight. And if you're not in a group, I'm going to challenge you to make that your next step this week. To jump in. And so I don't, have, I don't know that I can commit every week. I'm just going to say, hey, commit to the best you can. You know, if you can't do it every week, that's okay. In fact, we've got technology and tools for most of our group where if you miss a week, you can watch it online in your own home. So, so I mean, I missed last week. You can still catch up and watch it. We have a, a powerful, amazing technology and tool to provide that for you. I encourage you to sign up. And today as you leave, on the other side of this curtain over here, we have a life group table. And we've got people behind the table, the life group leaders, and invite you to go over there, look around, see what's going on. We have groups every night. And that might be a next step for some of you to take. And we're helping people take their next steps. And so I invite you to be a part of that. For some, it might be serving on a team. Others might, hey, I need to, I need to start giving generously. I need to start living out in generosity. Uh, for some, it might, hey, I need to serve on a mission. I need to be a part of a community team. Or I need to to share my faith. Well, I need to invite somebody to church. That's the idea of go on mission. And that, that's a pretty broad statement. So that means a lot of different ways. But God is going to use those statements to help you, propel you to take these next steps. And so this is us. This is, you know, who we are as a church. We're part of the movement of God. We're a people group. We're a group of people that assemble together. Church is not a building. But we're here moving and making a difference in community here that we live in and ultimately around the world. And the last week we talked about this is how we roll. This is how we do it. We talk about Lake Point Church. What makes us a little bit different than the church down the road? And, and we believe this, that God, God has created or God has many different kinds of churches to reach all kinds of people because we're all the, the same type of church, you know, with the same type of music, the same type of style. You know, some churches, the pastor wears a suit and tie. You know, even the babies wear suit and ties. All right? They show up in suit and ties, and, and that's how they roll. And more power to them because there are some people that like to dress up their babies in suit and ties. You know, we're, we're a church that's a little bit different we talked about those things a little bit last week. And if you missed last week, I hope you'll be able to go online and, and watch the sermon from last Sunday. Now today I want to talk about this is where we're going. This is where we're going. And before I dive into this, I want to talk about, as we think about who this is, who we are, I want to talk about our extended family of God. We've got the body of Christ here that meets every Sunday here at Lake Point Church, but we have an extended family, and we support mission and missionaries all around the world. And as some of you go on mission trips, in fact, Carol Tanner, wave your hand, Carol. There she is. She just came back from Thailand last week. I mean, isn't that great? And she's back and, and serving and ministering on the other side of the world. And, and I think that's great. And we, we minister and we have missions all around the world, and they're part of our family. We support missions. We give out of our offering. We give a set amount to missionaries to do mission work from the other side of the world to our own backyard. And one of them are, is here with us this weekend. And one of our missionaries, in fact, one of our very 
very first missionary that Lake Point Church ever took on. Uh, these guys are the original first ones, and, and we support now multiple missionaries. But I want to invite Jim up here real quick. Jim, and we're glad to have Jim and his wife, Christina, and uh, the Foster family. They have two children, and uh, they are now in, um, in one in Florida, and the other one's in Colorado. And, uh, but he's going to give us a real quick report. And uh, before we do that, though, we do have a video. Can we show that quick video? Thank you. 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 Buy a donkey. Buy a donkey. Buy a donkey. Buy a donkey. Buy a donkey for Alice. Buy a donkey. Buy a donkey. Buy a donkey. Buy a donkey for Alice. Thank you. 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 Buy a donkey. Buy a donkey. Okay. I don't want a donkey. <laughs> Why do you want to sell me a donkey? I don't want a donkey. <laughs> Why would you want to sell me a donkey? I Come don't. Thank you! So, Jim, why don't you tell us about what's going on and where that is and what's going on with your ministry and with your family? All right, well, down in the southern tip of Africa in Cape Town, in one of the have the privilege of being involved with the Christian school there that's part of a local church ministry where they felt like they really needed a good place for kids to go to school. And the public schools are overcrowded. There's a lot of gang violence, a lot of drugs, a lot of, a lot of not a very good job of, of educating the children, even to learn to read and to do math. And so we, uh, as missionaries, got together and the missionaries that were there planning churches said, we really need a Christian school. And so we started a school in the early 2000s. My wife had been there since 2003. We were able to really make an impact in the lives of children. Those are some of the kids that are part of that ministry. And I just went around and said, hey, I just want you guys to say thank you. Because if it wasn't for churches here in America, like you guys, supporting us to be there. See, we teach for free so that they can have an affordable place to go to school because of the fact that churches like you support us. And so we're doing that ministry, and it's a really needed ministry, and we're so thankful for the opportunity to do that. But we're also doing church planting. We've been involved in about five different church plants in the last 16 years. And we are living there in Cape Town in the suburbs and ministering in a very poor area with the school and doing church planting in a lot of different areas. And, uh, and God has blessed us to be able to do that. Christine and I have been married 22 years. We have uh, one daughter who was born in Brazil. We went on a mission to Brazil for a year. And it was through that mission for a year that God laid on our heart to go as career missionaries. And so we spent four years raising support, and it was in 2010 that we came here. And uh, you guys took us on for support. You know, we were yesterday at the cruise, the uh, dream cruise, and we are looking at all the different cars, and it was really neat to be here. And uh, as we were looking at one of the cars, I think you said it shoots flames out of the top. It's been modified or something like that. We didn't see it, but, you know, I think it could do that. 
Uh, it reminded me of back in 2003. We were, uh, you know, going to different churches, raising support, and I saw a Dateline special, and it was on crime in South Africa. Now, crime is a real problem over there. And some guy had modified his car because of the carjackings to shoot flame throw, through flames out of the side of the car. If you try to carjack me, you're toast. And, uh, and then they did, did a new special about a, a, a ch children who had been abducted. And apparently there's some very strange tribal beliefs over there among some of the tribal groups. There's a lot of different tribal groups. you got the Zulus and the Kozas and the different tribal groups. And they were concerned that maybe they were going to cook this child or something. You know, that they believe that if you eat a stew that was made. And I'm watching this Dateline special thinking, what have I got myself into? You know, here we are with a girl who's five and a girl who's three. We're going over to a country that they say is number one in the world for rape. It's for top ten for murder. The crime is, you know, a real problem. Of course, 2001 just happened with September 11th. There was a lot of fear. But then you remember that the Bible says God does not give us a spirit of fear. But what does he give us? A spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. And I'm thankful that spirit of fear I did not allow to overcome me. And I have a wife who's, I'm, I'm the worst case scenario kind of guy, and my wife is, it's going to be okay. Right? It's going to be okay. When we were going to have a baby in Brazil, and I'm freaking out, like, she's got a lot of medical issues, and how are we going to go to a South American country and have this child with no medical insurance and all this kind of stuff? And she's like, they've been having babies for years. Right? Down in Brazil. If they can do it, I can do it. If God told us to go, let's just go. So I'm thankful to have a wife who's faithful and who's supported me for all these years. And we're so blessed to be there. You know, I was there for six years, never had a problem with crime. I came back to America and got robbed in Los Angeles. I said, I want to go back to South Africa where it's safe. You know, so really the safest place to be is serving the Lord. And so we're thankful for this church. We're thankful for the part that you play. And, um, and we just, we're just trying to reconnect. You know, we, didn't, we haven't been here since 2010 when you took us on for support. And so we're just here to reconnect. We get to hang out. I wish we could hang out for a week. We're only here for a day. We'll leave tomorrow. And, um, and, but we just want to reconnect with you, say thank you, and say what a privilege it is to be able to represent you and serve in South Africa. You know, thank you. Let's give it up for real quick. In just a minute, Christine, I'm going to invite you to come up here and uh, in just a minute, and I'm going to have Karen walk with you. We're going to pray for the... Uh, for the couple, and pray that God would just continue to bless their ministry and what they're doing. But let me ask you a question here, um, before we do this. How, you know, we give financially, we support you financially, but how can these individual late pointers here, how can they be personally engaged with what you've got going on here in South Africa? A couple of things. We've got a table set up. We've got prayer cards. If you really want to commit to pray for us, we'd encourage you to come get one of our prayer cards, put it on a refrigerator, put it somewhere, and just pray for us. We need your prayers. I believe the one reason God has protected us all these years, 16 years in South Africa, is because of prayers of people like you. We're also trying to raise a, a scholarship funds for about $25 a month. We're trying to get 63 students uh, sponsorships to make school affordable because we're in a low-income area. It's not affordable for these families. We keep the tuition very low. And so if you want to be a sponsor of a student, we've got a place for you to sign up for that. If you want to sponsor us personally so that we can, we, we're lacking a significant amount of financial support to go back. We're leaving December the 10th. 
uh, to go back to South Africa, but we, we need partners uh, from families. We've got churches that partner with us, and we have families who partner with us. My wife, and I never mentioned my wife's ministry, which I'll quickly mention. She's got a Now Leave Me Down to Sleep ministry, and this is a very needed ministry where it's, you know, it's pretty, a lot of people know about it in the States, although maybe you haven't heard about it, but in South Africa, they'd never heard of it before, and she brought it over there six years ago, where they go into hospitals, and when there's a baby who's terminally ill or who is stillborn, uh, she goes in, and her background is photography, and she used those talents to go in and take beautiful remembrance photos of these babies so their parents have something to bring home for the hospital. And so that's her ministry over there. And you can pray for her that the Lord would continue to open up doors for her and provide opportunities to that ministry. She does that ministry because she wants to give the gospel. She wants to tell these parents they can see their baby again if they trust in Christ as their Savior. And so um, you can pray for us in that way as well. Awesome. Awesome. Christina, why don't you join us here, Karen? Why don't you guys stand right here? And if you would, why don't you join me in prayer as we pray for Jim and Christina Foster. Our Heavenly Father, we love you, and we thank you for Jim. We thank you for Christina. We thank you for their two children, Brianna and Elise. And God, we ask you to watch over them and to bless their ministry. God, continue to expand their territory, expand their ministry, so that they can reach people who are far from you, so that they can make a next step and take a next step with God. Whatever their journey is, God, that they will take that next step, whether they need to know Jesus, or whether they need to get plugged into a church, or however it needs to be, God. God, we pray that you will continue to use their ministry. God, we pray for their financial support. We pray that you will continue to bless them and to help them provide what they need. And God, I pray that you will continue to bless the ministry that you have called them to do. We thank you that you are using them in a powerful, powerful way on the other side of the world. We thank you for the sacrifices that they made. Sacrifices that many people were not willing to give up, but they're called to do that. And they're willing to sacrifice and they give it up. They sacrifice something they love for something that they love a whole lot more, and they love you, and they follow you. And so, God, we ask you to continue to watch over them in the next few months that they're still in the United States, and we pray for their safety as they travel back to South Africa in December. We thank you for their family. We thank you for their calling. In your name I pray, and all God's people say, Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. Well, today I want to wrap up this series as we talk, talk about This Is Us. And I want to talk about this is where we're going. Where we're going. Proverbs chapter 29 and verse number 18. It says, where there is no vision, the people perish. The word perish has a couple of meanings there. It means to die. Or people give in. Or people give up. Or people running wild. Where there's no vision, the people give up. Where there's no vision, the people run wild. When vision leaves us, we die right there. We might live for 100 years, but when we lose that vision, it keeps us from doing whatever God has called us to do. 
In fact, 2,000 years ago, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, Jesus had a vision for the church. He said in Matthew chapter 16 and verse number 18, he said, and I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. By the way, we're not going to take a lot of time, but when, when Peter would when Jesus was talking to Peter, I want you to understand that there's some hand motion going on probably here. Alright? He said, I tell you, you are Peter. Alright, you probably pointed out Peter, you're Peter. And then he said, and on this rock, he pointed it back to himself. Peter's not the rock. Alright, if Peter was the rock, we'd be in trouble. Jesus is the rock. And Jesus was pointing right back here. Jesus said, I am the rock, and I will build my church, and the gates of Hades, or the gates of hell, or in some translation, the gate of death, will not overcome it. And God's vision for the church has always been the same, and that is to push back the darkness of hell in this world. To push back darkness. That's why we're here, to push back darkness, because the darkness wants to overcome the light. And we're here to push it back. We're here to push it back. And when we have vision, like Jesus had vision for the church, when we have a sense of direction, a sense of purpose, we have motivation to push ourselves to the cause. And oftentimes, By the way, Jesus' vision is very dangerous. This was a high, big vision. This wasn't going to happen easily. In fact, if you look at the 12 disciples, the 12 apostles, 11 of the 12 apostles died a martyr death. Because they believe in the vision so much that they were willing to die for it. Willing to die for it. It was dangerous. And what God has called us to do is dangerous. So Jesus Christ didn't die on the cross so that you and I can live safely. Jesus Christ died on the cross with a dangerous message with a message of hope, with a message of, man, this is the message that needs to get out, and, and, and it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy. But oftentimes, our Christianity, and our American Christianity, we like to play it safe. We like to play it safe. Now, one of our core values is to live boldly. We want to rock the boat. We want to live out in audacious faith. We want to we want to live a life of passion with reckless abandon. Because that's what Jesus had called us to do. But many times in our Christianity and in our churches, we like to play it safe. We like to play it safe. I want to share a story here, and I want to spend some time in this story in Matthew chapter 14. You know the story, but I'm going to read this. And uh, in Matthew chapter 14, it's been a long day of ministry. A long day of ministry. It's been a very busy time in the ministry of Jesus. The disciples, the servants, they're being the hands and feet of Jesus. A lot is happening 
And so Jesus, in verse number 22, he tells his disciples to get back into the boat and across the other side of the lake. Now, this is the Sea of Galilee. It's not a big lake. It's about six miles, eight miles wide, six miles wide this way, eight miles this way. So depending on how you cross, it's not a very, very big lake. And so he sent them there while he sent the people home. Jesus just fed the 5,000 people. All right? They just performed an awesome miracle. Jesus taught and taught and taught all day until it was time for dinner. And the disciples said, we got to feed these people. And Jesus said, hey, I'll just find me some food. And you know, a little boy with the five loaves of fishes and two fish and multiplied it and fed 5,000 people. That just happened. And so in verse 23, after sending them home, Jesus sent the disciples on the boat. He went up into the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there alone. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land, for a strong wind had risen, and they were fighting heavy waves. Now, I want to talk about this message and the, the passage of Scripture in light of vision. And I'm going to give us four thoughts here as we kind of break up this passage. Four thoughts, if you're taking note. Number one, when a God... When a God-sized vision is developed, it's always a game-changer. It's always a game-changer. When the vision of God shows up in your life, man, it should rock your world in a positive way. And I want you to see what happens here. Verse number 25, about 3 o'clock in the morning. So these guys are in a boat. In the middle of the night, and there's a bad storm, there's no GPS system. The GPS system of that time is the stars that night, but because of the storm, they don't know where they're going because they can't see the stars. So they're lost. The winds are going in every direction. They're, they're, they're scared. I mean, these are fishermen. I mean, they're, just, they're in trouble. If the fishermen, some of these disciples are fishermen, if they're in trouble, that's not good. That's not a good sign. And so about 3 o'clock in the morning, while they're out there, Jesus came toward them walking on the water. Now, I don't know about you, but that would freak me out if I saw someone walking on water, especially in the middle of a bad storm, especially at 3 o'clock in the morning because I'm not sure what I'm thinking. I'm very tired. It's been a long day already. I'm still up at 3 o'clock in the morning. I mean, anything goes at 3 o'clock in the morning. You're wondering, man, did I have a bad taco at Taco Bell yesterday? I mean, what am I seeing here? And, and, and so Jesus shows up. And when the disciples saw him, they were terrified. Just joke that word, terrified. We'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. In their fear, they cried out, it's a goat. I, would, I, I say the same thing, maybe. It's a goat. What is going on here? But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid. Take courage. I am here. And Peter called to him, Lord, if this is really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. And Jesus said, come on. Yes, come. And so Peter went over the side of the boat, walked on the water, 
toward Jesus. So here, here, let me just talk about this. This is a game-changing moment for Peter. It's a game-changing moment because, first of all, he sees a vision. He sees Jesus, and Jesus is calling him, hey, why don't you come out of the boat? Now, at first, they're terrified. They're scared to death. And I say this, anytime a vision, a God-sized vision is scary, then you've got a vision from God. Because God calls us to live a life of faith. If a vision that you see, oh, God is calling me to do this, and it doesn't intimidate you, then you may want to go back to God and say, God, I might have missed something, because there's a good chance that you missed the God-sized vision. Because the God-sized vision will call us to live out in faith, to take steps of uncertainty, but knowing at the same time you're excited because God is calling to do it. So here Peter, Peter said, okay, I'm a nervous. I see Jesus out there. I see where he wants me to be. He's calling me out. I'm a little nervous about this. It's kind of scary. The, 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 the storm is here. It's 3 o'clock in the morning. It's dark. There's a lot of superstition at that time. You know, in the Bible time about being on a lake in the middle of the night. So why they're out there in the middle of the night? That, that's unheard of. But at the same time, there's a sense of I get to do this. I get to go. I get to take a step of faith. And, and, and this wasn't a little canoe that you saw in the, in the Sea of Galilee. It was a big dive boat. The, the railing is about five or six feet. So Peter didn't have a chance to heave ho and, and, and see if the water is strong. I mean, he had to crawl out of the, the top of the boat and look down and say, okay, if Jesus said come and I can walk on water, here it goes. I mean, he didn't have a time to touch it. He jumped out of the boat five feet down on the other side, and he's walking. May I tell you time? Let me say this. Anytime you see a vision, and it's God's eyes, man, it, it's intimidating. But at the same time, I can explain it. Wow, it's exciting. We could talk about Lake Point Church in the beginning. When we started Lake Point Church, God had called us in 2004. God started working in my life, in, my, in Karen's life, and we started praying about where God wanted to be. And in 2004, I was in California. And I didn't get robbed in California. It was good. I had a good experience in California. I went to a conference, and, and during that conference, I, I felt God was calling me to something. I said, you know what? God is calling us. I was at a church. I had a steady paycheck. I wasn't the head pastor. I was an assistant pastor. A large church. A church of about 1,200 people. I was comfortable where I was. I enjoyed what I was doing. And yet God would say, hey, I got something else for you, Scott. I got something else for you. I said, okay, and I started praying about it. I didn't know what that looked like. I started praying. And after a couple of years, you know, God started showing himself more and more about what he wanted me to do. In 2007, after talking to mentors and friends, my wife and I, we prayed about it. We knew that we had to start a church. We knew that we were going to come up to Michigan. We didn't know where in Michigan at that point, but we just knew that God was calling us somewhere in this area. 
whether it was in Oakland County or whether it was in Macomb County, we weren't sure where, but we just began praying. We would come up here and visit my family and check them. We'd be driving around Oakland County. We'd be driving around Macomb County. We'd be going, God, show us what you want. Show us what you want us to do. God showed us over time that this was going to be the area. Macomb Township and Shelby Township. We felt this was where God had called us in this area. In 2008, this is where the faith happened. In 2008, it's where the rubber meets the road. In 2008, because I had a comfortable, comfortable position at the church, I had the opportunity to keep climbing up. And I talked to the pastor, and the pastor, and he'd been here before, he was here earlier this year, I said, Pastor Godfrey, God is calling us to start a church. And I gave him one year notice. I was wearing about three or four different hats. I said, I know you got to find a good replacement. You might have to find three or four different replacements. What they got, two or three different people, because I was just, you know, snowballed over 10 years of ministry. I was just doing a lot of stuff. After I gave them my one year, I started stepping out of the boat. I told Karen, I said, you know what? In one year, we're homeless. We, we, we got to figure this out. We've got one year to get this thing figured out. We got to figure out the name of the church. We got to figure out all this stuff. We put our house in the market. This is 2008 when the economy was not very hot. I mean, it was not the time to sell a house. And, and, and God, you know, that's a long story, but God, the hand of God worked through that whole thing. We sold our house. We broke even. We were excited about breaking even in a very hostile market. And we broke even. We didn't have much. We didn't have anything to take with us from the sale of the house, but we were just glad we weren't paying anything. We moved up here. We, we started in a meeting with people. We had a very first vision night. We had a very first service. And it all happened because Karen and I decided to step out of a boat, and it was not the easiest decision we've ever made. We were scared to death. We had a baby. We didn't know how we were going to make it, but we knew that God was calling us, and at the same time, we were pumped. We were excited about it. God was calling us something. You see, the boat is where the Christian likes to play it safe. And some of you right now, God is calling you something. In fact, God has been calling you for a while to a ministry, to a specific step that you need to take, whatever your next step is. There's been a step that you've been holding back, and you say, you know what, I'm safe in this boat. You know, I'm comfortable here in the boat. And God is calling you to take a step outside of your comfort zone and it's Step out in faith. And it's scary. I promise you, it's exciting once you see who God is and that God is in control. That God is in control. For some of you, you have this step that you need to take. You need to ask Jesus Christ to come in your heart. You're like, man, I, I don't know what I'm going to lose if I ask Jesus Christ in my heart. There's a lot at stake. But you gain a whole lot more. But some of you need to step out of the boat and take a step of faith. In Jesus Christ. 
and make him your Lord and Savior. For some, it's a step of faith that you need to take in baptism. You need to step out of the boat. Others, there's a step that you need to take. You say, you know what, I need to serve. God is calling me to a ministry, but I am scared to death. I am scared I'm not qualified. I love what Heather talked about here earlier. You know, you know, sometimes we think we're not good enough, that we're not capable. But if God has called you, he will give you everything that you need. You just have to be available. He's not after your ability. He's after your availability. He wants you to step out of the boat. He wants you to take a step. He wants you to say, hey, I'm over here, but I want you to come to me. I know it's not easy, but I promise you it can be exciting. It can be worth it. Yeah, there's going to be some times where you're going to be challenged. There's going to be some times where you're going to second guess yourself. But I promise you at the end of the day, you're going to look back and say, wow, I have come so far. And it's not because of me, but because of who he is and who I am in Christ. Who I am in Christ. What's your next step? What is your next step? Almost a year ago, Lake Point Church, we did a capital campaign. God has been praying for, hey, we need to get ready to find that next step in finding a building, finding property. And we didn't have any money. You know, we had a general, a, a general account, and that wasn't much in there. We had the budget and taking care of the ministry of the church. And, and God has been good, but we just said, you know what, we need to do more. We need to be ready for the next step. And so we did a capital campaign last year, and I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to brag. If you don't mind, I'm going to brag on you. Because I get to talk to other pastors and other churches, and I just have the opportunity to brag about late points. Because we had a commitment. We came up with a commitment. Let me, let me back it up. I was praying for $300,000. I was praying for a $300,000 collection. We, had a, we went through the campaign. We had a, a campaign dinner. Many of you were part of it. We had a commitment to collect $362,000. And that was amazing. And, 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 and most churches we talked to, most pastors, they said, whatever you get at a commitment level, you never get what you commit to. So if a church said they're going to collect $400,000 in commitment, then you might get $325,000. And if a, if a church have a commitment of a million dollars, then you might get $800,000. That's just kind of the, how it is nationally across the board. And so I'm thinking, okay, we got $362,000, which blew me away, by the way. That was awesome. But in the back of my mind, I said, well, that's still, you know, if I get $300,000, because according to the math, according to the national average, that's where we'll land. And we collect this money in six months. We still got some coming in. But this is how I brag about you, because we have collected so far $376,000. And I, when I tell pastors that, they look at me like, no, come on. I say, yeah, I've got awesome people. My people are freaking awesome. <laughs> That's you. I love it. You guys are amazing. You guys took a step outside of the boat a year ago, and you weren't sure about it. And some of you, it, it hadn't been easy. You sacrificed, you gave, 
Because it had to be an easy sacrifice. But God is with it. And at the end of the day, some of you that come back to me and say, man, it's been tough. I thought the blessings of God were going to rain on me. And it's been, I got the opposite of what I thought was going to happen. But they would say this. Because some of you I've talked to, you always say this. But at the end of the day, the blessing of God's going to happen because we're going to reach people that we've never reached before. Eventually, we're going to have an impact in our community because of the sacrifices that we have made collectively. The blessing of God. We have to take a step out of the boat. And it's exciting. It's, 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 there's a enthusiasm at first. But number two, it's easy to lose sight of the vision. It's easy to lose sight of it. Look at the story, Matthew chapter 14, verse 32. You got Peter, Woohoo! I just took a step out of the boat. I am walking on water, baby. Man, this is awesome. But somewhere along the line, remember, this is a bad storm out here. All right, the wave, you know, the wave is still making him wet. All right, and, and he got at some point on his walk to Jesus, he probably saw this huge wave. Maybe a wave smacked him down, all right, and he's walking on water. He fell on water, maybe. All right, he said, whoa, these are some big storms here. And so he gets back up, and before you know it, he's lost sight of Jesus. He's lost sight of Jesus. I mean, He's walking on water, but he forgot where he was. He forgot who he was. He forgot where he was going. He lost sight of the vision. He lost sight of the, relate, of the vision. Now, and I can relate to this. You can relate to this. There's been many times after you step out of the boat that doubt comes into my mind. You begin to think, man, what do I have to do to keep this vision alive? You know, what do I have to do? Or criticism or second guessing happen. Well, sometimes you might think, man, maybe I should have stayed in the boat. Maybe I should have stayed in the boat. Peter with the fear of the wind and the waves. Just because we step out of the boat doesn't mean we'll immediately have smooth sailing. Sometimes we have to wait through a storm in the dark. And during that waiting, it's so important to keep our eyes focused on God. And here we are. What one year later, people ask me all the time, says, Scott, where's the building? Where's the, hey, man, where's the property? I said, I don't know. I don't, we're looking. We're looking. And oftentimes, I'm like, all right, you know what? People, people are asking me, and, uh, man, I want, it as bad as, I want it as bad as you do. And there's times where I'll be like, all right, we'll, we'll find something. It may not be the right fit, but we'll make it happen. But sometimes we want to get ahead of God. And we begin to lose sight of the vision. We try to take matters in our own hand. And I remind you that we need to be praying. Because Peter, he prayed and said, God, please save me. I need you. And sometimes when I walk, we take a step of faith, we step out of the boat. It's not going to always be easy. We're constantly praying and say, God, I need you. I'm out here and the and, Man, I've just been whacked by a wave. And I just saw a big old lightning bolt hit, you know, hit about 10 feet away from me. And, you know, I could almost kind of feel the electricity going through my body. That's intimidating and scary, but God, I need you. You've got me this far. Help me to see you do it again. Show me that you can do it again. 
Number three, even quickly here, Jesus constantly reminds us that he's in control of the journey. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed Peter. You have so little faith. Why do you doubt me? And when they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. Jesus, he was in control of this whole thing. Jesus is in control of the entire thing. We don't have reason to fear. We don't have reason to doubt. When he had called you to a God-sized vision, you should stay true to what God has called you. It may not be easy. And fear is a natural, natural emotion that will actually come in. And the 366 commands in the Bible that said to fear not, that's one for every day. And these little statements of every day verses, they're not wistful little saying. They're not little empty, wistful thinking commands. They are backed by the power and the character and the love and the power of God. Every one of those feel not statements. They are backed by the man, by God, who is powerful. Here's the fourth point. No matter what, Jesus will get all the glory. Jesus will get all the glory. No matter what happens, he gets all the glory. Look at verse number 33. Disciples worship him. You really are the son of God. You really are the son of God. John Ortberg, he's the author of If You Want to Walk on Water, You've Got to Get Out of the Boat. He says this, you have it on your handout notes. When human beings get out of the boat, they are never quite the same. Every time you walk on the water, each time you trust God, and seek to discern and obey his calling on your life, your God will get bigger, and your worship will grow deeper, richer, and stronger. You want to start seeing more of Jesus? You want to start seeing more of God in your life, in the worship of God? You've got to step out of the boat. You've got to step out. You've got to step out in faith. The way, if you're taking notes, the way you live out your faith, the way that you live out your life, is a reflection of the size of your God. If you're always living a life as if everything depends on you, your view of God is small. The worship of God is small. But when you start living your life as if everything depends on God, then the view of God is big. Your worship is loud and constant. You will begin to worship him in ways you've never worshipped. You'll begin because you've seen the hand of God. You'll be able to look back on your journey. You'll be looking back at that boat that you stayed in for so long. And you'll look back and say, man, I've come so far and it's not because of me. But it's all because of him. He called me to do something and I've stepped out in faith. I stepped out of the boat. I took a walk. Hadn't always been easy. Sometimes I second guess. I was constantly reminded over and over and over again that he, Jesus, is in control. And at the end of the day, he gets our glory and our praise. And that's what I'm praying for here at Lake Point. I'm praying that we look back on our journey, that we look back one year later, and that we look in the years ahead of us, that God has a plan, that we don't get ahead of God, that we wait on God, that God has a purpose, 
And at some point in time, we're going to look back and say, wow, what an amazing, awesome God. What an amazing God. I want to give us to you real quickly. We'll talk about late point vision. This is where we're going. A couple of things I want to hit on. Joe Castillo, or Joe Castillo, that's how you say it. Joe Castillo. He could be here next Sunday. I'm praying for 500 people to be here next week. I'm praying for lives to be changed. I pray that people hear the gospel that they never heard it before. Presented in a way of saying art. He could be right here making his art. It could be projected on the screen. It's going to be an amazing opportunity. Millions of people have heard him, watched him, been blown away by his story, and we have him right here. Do not waste the opportunity to invite somebody here next week, to bring them into the church, invite someone that don't know Jesus, and say, man, we got something really cool at church, and you can tell them, well, this is not your normal church. We do things differently. You know, come here, you got to check it out. It's going to be awesome. We're going to have worship. We're going to hear Joe Castillo. You can share God's message. It's going to be amazing. We have invite cards. Grab some invite cards. Invite people to be here. You be here. Be a part of this day next week. We're starting to be involved with human trafficking. Human trafficking ministry. We have more things that are coming out here. We're going to have a, there's a walk, a awareness walk that we're going to be partnering with Journey Church, one of our church plants in Mount Clemens. That's in October 20th. And I invite you to be a part of that. We'll start sending some stuff out by emails and put it on Facebook. We'll start putting the program here soon. I want you to get in and be a part of that. Because that's where ministry can get messy. This is messy business. The gospel needs to go to messy people because we were once all messy people. There are people that are broken. We can be a part of that. Human sex trafficking ministry. There's more of what we're going to be doing. We've got Sujo John. He's going to be with us on, on November, what, what's the date? November 20th, you know, that third Sunday in November. So I'm trying to do the math. That's the 4th, 11th, 18th, November 18th. Am I right? I think I'm right. All right. He's going to be here. On that Sunday, he survived 9-11. He was in the World Trade Center when the plane hit. God had called him. In fact, he had a stepping out of the boat moment right before the plane hit. He made a phone call to his friend about 10 minutes before the plane hit the building. And he had been praying about ministry. He was in this world of finance and business, and he was getting tired of it. And so he called his friend and said, I don't know what it's going to look like, but I surrender. I'm going to step out of the boat. I'm going to step out of the boat, and I'm going to walk on water to Jesus, and boom, 10 minutes later, plane hit. He's already sinking. He's like, what's going on? And God saw his vision, and God pulled him out. He survived that. An incredible story. But he, could, he is involved in human trafficking and sex trafficking in India. We're going to be a part of his story. He's going to talk more about that, because we've had him here before to talk about his testimony. He's going to touch it a little bit, but he's going to talk about his ministry and what he's doing. And he's going to be a part of our service on our Mission Sunday in November. What an awesome opportunity for us as we expose ourselves to ministry in our own backyard. Food pantry expansion. We're praying about food pantry ministry. A couple of weeks ago, a landlord came by my office. The landlord where our church office is on Van Dyke. He said, hey man, I've got this space next door. It's empty. Do you want it? 
Pastor, are you going to give it to me for free? He said, no, nah, I need a little bit. We work at a sweetheart of a deal. I'm telling you, it's, this is an amazing deal. And we're going to double up our food pantry ministry. We've got some other things that we're going to do with that space. But we're essentially doubling our ministry. We get the first six months for free, and then we pay a lease. Uh, get this, $500 a month. It was like a no-brainer to me. I said, man, we can do more ministry for $500 a month. We could do it. We can do this. And, and we don't have to even worry about it for this year's budget. We'll put it in next year's budget. We're going to figure it out. God had the plan. And I'm telling you, I'm not sure how it can all pay out. We're going to need to see some, some of us to start giving. Start giving. Some of you are giving already. Some of you, I'm going to encourage you to say, you know what? We're going to start giving to late point. We're going to start, make, we're going to start giving a percentage and start serving God. We're going to start making a difference. Because I'm taking a step of faith knowing that God will provide. And that God will provide through you. Here's some pictures here. We've got a couple pictures here. Our office with the blinds on the right. We'll have this space right here. And uh, we've got one more. It's a big open space. We'll get to do whatever we want to it. God is great. That is an awesome ministry. We want to do more as we reach out to those who are hurting, to those that need food. And we always share the gospel to every family that receives food. We don't just hand out food. We also hand out the bread of life. We are also doing that. And then last thing I want to talk about, building property. We're still looking. I already said that already. We're still looking. Last year we had our Toy Tomorrow campaign. We're still praying for that space. We're looking for property. Uh, there's been some things that we've had a bit made offered to us in the last few weeks. You know, we, we've, there's a ministry team in the South. They're laborers. They said we will come up and do the build out for free. We just have to pay for the resources. So we're looking for property. We're looking for, we're just looking for, hey, God, this is all God. And we're praying for this. And, and, and the person I was talking to said, hey, if this doesn't work out, I've got another one that's ready for you the, next, the following year. I've got someone that's working with us outside of our church that knows people in the South and is helping us get us some, you know, get us some avenues of other resources. We will have, we will still find an architecture. We will still find you know, that a, a contractor that can coordinate everything because the different teams won't all come up at once. But they will just come up here and give of their ministry time. We just have to pray for materials. And I think that's amazing. There's been some other development that we're looking at. And so we're actually, let me just say this. We've been looking for space. We're still looking for space. But now we're looking for a sweetheart of a deal when it comes to land. We're looking for it. Some of you have found some stuff. It's not the right spot. We're looking for the right place. We're praying. We're giving it to God. Say, God, you show us in your time. I'm excited about it, man. You know, and, and just talking about this scares me. Woo! Terrifies me. So, whoa, God, are you sure? Should I even be talking about it? But at the same time, man, I'm pumped. I'm pumped because I see what God wants to do. God has already showed us what he had done. He has not finished. God wants you to call out and take a step of faith and start seeing him and having a big view of who God is. Our Heavenly Father, we love you and we thank you for what you're doing in our church. I pray, first of all, God, perhaps there are some, some of us that need to step out of the boat personally. There are some of us that need to take a step out 
step out into the water and to follow after you. Whatever that next step might be. For some of us, it might be a step of salvation. Others, it might be a step of getting baptized, join the church, serve. It might be something else that you're calling, you're calling someone to do tonight, today. And I pray that today they would stop being comfortable with their Christianity and take a step out and walk by faith. God, I pray for our church as we take steps of faith. I, take, I pray that although it's scary, God, I know that we will trust in you, that you've got this. You're in control of the whole thing. Just like you were in control of the whole thing with Peter, you're in control of what's happening. And it might not be our timetable, but God, we want your timeline, whatever that looks like. We want to be patient. We want to wait. We want to look. We want to seek your will. But God, help us not to stay comfortable. But when you call us, that we begin to take steps of faith and start looking for what you want us to be. And so God, we thank you for how you're working in our hearts. You've done it before. You have shown the miracles in the past. And I have no doubt that you'll do it again. In your name I pray. Amen.